You're listening to The Seduce Podcast with Cass and Kat, where we love to talk about life and experiences that inspire your higher self. And I think for the first time in a while, we are recording in the evening today, Cass, aren't we? Yes. So it's not good morning, Cat. No. It's good evening, Cat. And good evening, Cass. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's great <laughs> to be here with you again. Yes, it is. It is. Today, I want to rehash a topic that we've discussed before. Okay. One of our earlier on topics where we... Sex magic. <laughs> no, not that early. I think that one's was... a really popular one, by the way. That was a good one. That gets a lot of downloads. Maybe maybe we should do a part two of that, hey? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but for tonight, I want to discuss business again. Oh, yeah. I love mm. that. So the first time we discussed business, I reckon it was episode two, mm-hmm. I think it was. We spoke about business and soulmates and we chatted about your journey, how you began yeah. in jewellery making and designing and where you've got to now. But today I'd like to talk a lot about the passion and the drive behind your success. Mm. Mm. So it's an interesting one because I've noticed I don't know if it's just since COVID or there's been a big energy shift in the last few years. Oh, there has. There has, right? And a lot of people are reinventing themselves Mm. and finding what it is that they're interested about when it comes to work. And there's a lot of side hobbies and passions that are becoming businesses. Mm. And I love that. And I know that there's a lot of our followers actually that have a lot of side hustles going on. Um, And there's just so much growth and development in people in the last few years. And I guess I just want to touch on a little bit of, you know, if we can have some of your wisdom in this area, Cats, because (laughs) you are a very successful businesswoman. And I know you've got a lot of golden nuggets you can share with us. (laughs) So if we speak about passion, yeah, because I suppose that's where this energy shift has taken the world, I believe. People Mm -hmm. are really delving into who am I and what do I want to do for work? I don't just want to be a part of the system anymore. I want to do things for me. Yeah. And I want to make my own money off my own back with my own passion. Yeah. How do you resonate with that? Oh, very well. I often have people come up to me and say, oh, I want to start this and I want to do that. And, you know, hearing their ideas pending on what they are, my number one question is always, are you passionate about this? Mm. Like, is this something you could do even if you weren't being paid for it? Mm. If you had to go and do this thing every day and you weren't getting paid, would you still want to do it? Mm. So when people have quick, you know, get rich scheme ideas and Mm -hmm. things like that, or how quickly can I get to the top? It's always like, are you doing this for money or are you doing it because you enjoy it? Mm. And I'm very lucky that I found my passion early on. Mm. And we did speak about this in that episode where I started beading because I was a kid. I was 15, 16. I started beading jewellery for family and friends. Mm -hmm. So I loved going to the bead store and picking out beads and thinking in my head how I could be creative and use them or what I would make with them. Mm And then being paid for my first pair of earrings, $15. And I was like, wow, (laughs) because I loved doing it. And then I got rewarded for it. Mm. So I would always say, ensure that what you're doing, if you want to be making money, 
I think the passion definitely comes first Mm. because it resonates with others also. If you love what you do, I love creating engagement rings. I love being a part of people's love stories. Mm -hmm. And people see that and it resonates with them and that's why they come to me and, you know, get me to design their piece because they know that I design all my pieces with love and passion behind it and what would I wear if it was me? Mm. And I'm a female, so, you know, a lot of guys feel confident. She knows what she's talking about. She's got style. Yes. She's done this for how many years? So fundamentally, passion is a big one when starting something. And if you're passionate about something, it could start as a side hustle and mm. then lead and grow to something, like, huge. Mm. But I think the passion absolutely needs to be there. And you know what the beauty of passion is as well, and I see it with you. When you're passionate about something and your hobby or, you know, in this instance, your business is from that passion, it began from that Mm. love, it actually transpires even into honesty and truth. So, for example, when I first met you, you could just tell, you know, straight off the bat, if anyone's ever met Cass, you know that she's not fake. (laughs) And that, that realness in you, I think, comes from that, that authenticity in you comes from that place of, I'm working in my craft and my passion and my love. And it just shows. It seriously glows, honestly. That's very nice Mm. to hear. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's something that people can take away from a passion as well. It's when you're turning passion into business, it's important to not lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So stay true to you always in the way that you want to manage yourself and in the way that you want to advertise yourself and, you know, stay true to your goals. And that's a very, very good point in staying true to you. I remember designing a piece and this was early on Mm. and it was probably less than a year into the business. I designed a piece as part of a collection and I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. And I designed it and I was like, oh, that's okay. Someone's going to like this. Mm. And it was immediately once that collection was released that I realized that what resonates most with my audience, with my followers, with my clients is what I love. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to wear it, and that's how I design now, since that moment yeah. where I realized, oh, hey, I shouldn't be designing for what I think people are going to like. I need to design for what I like and love. Yes. Yeah. And I had to, at that point, I thought I have to stay true to me Mm. and base these collections on what I would wear, what I love, what I think is really beautiful, because then that resonates and comes through. Definitely. Mm. You know, I think that's what we do even within our podcast as well, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. We chat about Mm. things that resonate with us and that we are passionate about. And hopefully that translates mm-hmm. to our listeners as, you know, we, we talk with a, I don't know, it's kind of like a self-belief, yeah. would you say? Like just a knowing that these are the things that we know and love and these are the things we want to share with the world. And I think that genuine side of a person really comes out and it can, it's almost like storytelling through business, isn't it? And I think that's why we get such great feedback from people as well, is Mm. we didn't start this, we didn't start out to, you know, with any ulterior motives. It was like, we love chatting to each other. Yes. And if we're going to chat, we're not going to gossip, we're not going to talk about trash, we're going to talk about uplifting topics that we want people to get takeaways from, whether it's business, love, relationships, health, we want people 
sort of be able to take their little, our little nuggets of wisdom Mm. and take it away in their day and go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That has helped me. And we hear it so often on our Instagram Mm. because we've run some giveaways and we've had people say, oh, I wish I knew this. For example, from the health herb episode, Herbs to Health, Mm -hmm. we had someone say, I wish I knew this or I wish I knew about this herb when my partner had bad food poisoning. I love listening to you girls. So it's really great. And we had that self-belief from the start that we we knew we were capable and knowledgeable in what we chat about because we did it organically with each other. Yes. So I found you very, like as a friend, always found you very inspiring to speak to. So I knew that... I would love to continue the conversation and welcome others into that conversation Mm -hmm. as if they're here with us. Yes. So that's our little side hustle. That is our our little side hustle. And if we tap on or tap into self-belief a little bit more, Mm. how important is self-belief and confidence when you're running a business? Very important. Mm. And it's particularly important at the start and when making big decisions throughout your journey also. Mm. You know, if you didn't have self-belief, you could essentially crumble quite quickly under pressure. Mm-hmm. You need it because at the start, things things take time to grow. Yes. Essentially, they say a business takes about four years to get it to a good point where you're making a great or good income, mm-hmm. depending on what your business is and depending on, depending on you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you need that self-belief to carry you through, but also in those first moments of can I do it, should I quit my job, or mm. I've got kids, am I going to be able to do this? You absolutely need that self-belief. And then you need it when making big decisions because decision-making is so important in business also. Mm. Yeah. Decision-making. So, mm, decision-making, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot when it comes to it. There is a lot to think about, but it's honestly about one step at a time. Mm. And that's how I essentially started everything. And, you know, when I had those doubts, I still had the self-belief that was greater than the doubts. Yes. And that's what's important. Mm. It's your internal voice in your head. Definitely. You know, I was thinking about the concept before today's episode. I was thinking about the gap between where you are now and where you want to be Mm. is choices. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Decision-making, like what you just said. Mm -hmm. Those choices that you make define who you will become and how successful your business will be. Absolutely. And I'm sure there would have been a lot of times where you (laughs) not only do you need self-belief and confidence and all of those things, but you also need, what's the word I'm looking for, Cass, where, where you're committed to what you're doing so much so that Sometimes you have to give up certain things. Yeah, the power in saying no. Yes, yeah. things like that and, and understanding that if I'm putting my energy into this right now, something else has got to give. Mm. You know, mm. you can't be everything for everyone when you're trying to focus on you. Yeah. Did you find that it was hard? It was almost like discipline, self-discipline. Did I have self-discipline? <laughs> yes, because that's a tough one. Do I have self-discipline? <laughs> You must have some. Okay, look, I can confidently say that there's a lot of areas I excel in. (laughs) However, (laughs) self-discipline is not my strongest point. So you can still succeed. (laughs) Clearly. However, I will say that I may have definitely gotten further quicker if I had better self-discipline. And what I mean by that is when my business did start taking off 
About the the same year I released my first fine collection, which did so, so well, was also the first year I moved out of home and was living on my own Mm -hmm. in my apartment. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you can imagine 27-year-old Cass staying awake, watching Entourage until four (laughs) in the morning... Sleeping until 10, 11 a.m., going for a walk around the lake, then deciding I would start my work at 2 p.m. after Ellen. Oh, my God. I know. I can't believe I just (laughs) dropped that. But, you know, I used to watch a midday show as Mm -hmm. well. And that was very poor decision-making and discipline on my end. Mm -hmm. And I would have achieved greater success if I had said, no, Cass, you wake up you get to work. But I was doing work up until after 8pm because my attention span, you know, I'd sit, I'd do something, I'd get up, I'd Mm -hmm. get a snack. Now, I have always been that way. Even through high school, my mum would go, go study, Cassandra. And I'd go into my room, I'd study for 10 minutes and I'd be like, time for a snack. (laughs) Distractions. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I can't say that self-discipline is my strongest suit. And you can even ask my team members. I am the one that distracts them. (laughs) Their boss is the one that distracts them from their work. But it's amazing that I've got a great team that they can go, um, you good? Get back to work? Yes. Yeah. So stop talking, stop eating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stop stacking. <laughs> so that definitely not my strongest suit, but I do think it's important to have it. That I would have reached points of, you know, there would have been days that I definitely was strongest at my workload and could achieve more and had more self-discipline. And those would have been the days that excelled me further. Yeah. If I had been doing it for longer periods of time. More consistently. Yeah. Obviously, I would have done better, Mm. quicker. I've still achieved what I wanted to, Mm. obviously. It just... I I can't say luck because I did still put a lot of work into it. Mm. But obviously, if you look at my collections and things like that and the way they took off, I was very blessed in that way that people grasped onto what I was doing and went, wow. And it might just come to have down to having a, that creative mind as well, that in some areas I am a bit more do-do-do-do-do, you know, and then back to the job at hand. Yes. So, yeah, it's okay. I think it's definitely, if anyone's listening, I think it's definitely okay to have strong suits in some places and and then, you know, we are essentially, we're not perfect. You're going to be weaker in some areas. Mm. And this is where we hire people. <laughs> oh, you know, it's so true. When you say that, actually, it's so true because when I think about self-discipline, naturally I'm not very good at it either. Mm. So yeah, it's not a strong point of mine. And I'm a very last minute person, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, some people might be shocked to hear that because I'm super organized, Mm. but I'm last minute. I work best under pressure. Oh, wow. So give me a deadline and I will be like, okay, I'll I'll do some good work, but I'll do my best work the day before. Yeah. (laughs) That's just how I roll, right? (laughs) But in saying that, when you talk about hiring, I think it's important when you're running a business, when you're running a household, when you're, you know, working full-time or part-time, whatever your schedule looks like, if you want to succeed in something which requires a lot more of your attention than the normal nine-to-five and day-to-day routine that you're into. So say, for example, Cass, our podcast Mm -hmm. is like secondary to our primary work, Yeah, right? But it's still something that we love. It's our passion. Mm. We're slowly turning it into, you know, a 
a type mm. of business yeah. in its own right. However, we couldn't, or I know for myself, I couldn't give my all into this unless things at home that I would usually run mm. <laughs> get put on the back burner. Yeah. Right? So a little secret about me, Cats, mm. is that I have actually had a cleaner, a cleaner who comes to clean my house every week for the past six or seven years. Well, I'm definitely right? not going to judge because I've had one for about <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> well, there you go, right? So <laughs> it's like a taboo subject. It's like women aren't allowed you to know, have I think it was definitely like that. Yeah, I think it was definitely more taboo 10 years ago because I remember having to hide it. Yep, okay. And I'm only, am I only finding this out about you now? So oh, you've maybe. clearly had to hide it. <laughs> I stopped giving a crap, though, what people thought. I really did. It, it's one of those things that I just thought, hey, I don't have the time to do this. Hate it. Hate cleaning. Once again, self-discipline. It would take me a whole day to clean my little apartment. <laughs> I would vacuum one room and be like, mm, I need a snack. <laughs> so I'm with you. You know, for me, it was the opposite. I quite enjoy cleaning. Oh, my gosh. I know. I could have called you up. <laughs> Cooking is not for me, but cleaning, on the other hand, was something that I found quite therapeutic, right? Mm. However, it's time consuming. Yeah. You know, to clean the house and to clean it thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) To clean a house thoroughly takes, it's not just a half hour job. No. It takes a couple of hours (laughs) to get everything done. Not to mention the tidy up that you have to do before you actually start cleaning, (laughs) right? So, anyway, so I calculated that if I'm allocating two hours, even if that's just two hours a week, mm. right? Mm. Two hours a week. That's over a hundred hours a year that I'm spending cleaning my house. Oh my Can you gosh. just think about that for a minute? The way you just put that. So, oh my gosh. So, how many hours? A hundred. Wait. A hundred and four. I have hours? literally, and times that by 10 years. What? How many? Oh, thousands? You're in the thousands. Thousands of years. Thousands that of makes... years, not years. <laughs> oh, hours. Thousands. <laughs> so, wow, that makes me sad that I could have been cleaning that. No, <laughs> it should not. It should make you happy because you look at it like this. No, no, it makes me sad if I was doing it because oh, I know how were. much I hate it. <laughs> like, I would have been crying doing it. But you think about it, in a year, a hundred hours, just over a hundred hours of time spent cleaning a house, what could you do with that hundred? I know what I did with that hundred hours. I spent it working in businesses. I spent Mm. it in bettering myself. I spent it in study. Like that just, Mm. it's like buying your time back. Yeah. Okay. Think of it this way. It's like the concept of childcare, um, you know, for all the parents listening out there, if you send your child to childcare or something of the equivalent where someone's minding your child, maybe you have a nanny, something like that, you're buying your time back. Yeah. That child gets taken care of and you go back to work. Mm-hmm. That's generally what they're in childcare for. Yeah. So it's that same concept. If you didn't have that childcare or childminding service available to you, you wouldn't be able to work. Mm. You wouldn't be able to earn an income. So it's the equivalent, but just with other things. So at the time, especially when I was running my own business at the time, which was years ago when I first came to organize a cleaner for the house, I also decided that, you know what, what are the things in my life that are taking up way too much time that don't give me back Mm -hmm. an income right now? Cleaning and cooking. 
So I just went, right, I'm going to have a cleaner once a week. And the second thing I'm going to do is invest in a meal prep company Mm -hmm. to give me meals every week. Great. So I did that for a good three or four months. And that just helped just, it wasn't forever that part, Mm. but that part, honestly, again, I got my time back, bought Mm. my time back because I wasn't in the kitchen another half hour to an hour every evening, Mm. every evening. Not just once a week now. Mm. We're talking every single night. Yeah. Or, you know, every second night if you had leftovers, right? Yeah. So we're talking like a good four or five hours a week spent in the kitchen. Now, I just couldn't give that time to that. I wanted that time to go somewhere else that I could expand on the business. You know what I mean? Like you have to be selective with your time. I do. Absolutely. And I did. I learned that very quickly when I started my business. I don't enjoy this. So I would rather pay someone to do it Mm. and I can allocate my time more efficiently to growing my business. That's what it is, Cass. It's efficiency. You've hit Mm. the nail on the head there. Mm. That's what it is because you think about it when on those times where you do cook and clean in the same day, you're exhausted. (laughs) It's no time for anything. Yeah. (laughs) You're half a human when people speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And us as women as well, like you put that into a monthly cycle of things you got to do and rest and relaxation when you should. It's it's just like, oh, goodness. Yeah. Like help help us out. Help us out. Yeah. So, so no, absolutely. You take into account kids then also and businesses. And yeah, no, I get it. I completely get it. And I think that's a very good takeaway that if you can – if you can pay a little bit to have help mm. in an area where you need it or you don't enjoy it, then do it. It'll and I be know, beneficial. and I know for myself at the time, like I wasn't really in a position to, you know, when you think about someone that has a cleaner or someone that's buying meals that are, are pre cooked, you, you kind of go, oh, they must be well off mm. to afford that. But that wasn't the case at all. Mm. I was making sacrifices to allow for that for cleaner that. to come and me yeah. to get my meals. Pre- like it was, it was a sacrifice. Yeah, because I gave up other things to have that spare cash to pay someone to do that work. Mm essentially buying time back yeah. so that I could put my energy into things to better my future. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So if there's ways, if there's definitely ways you can do that at you, home, it's worth it. You reminded me of when I was younger and living at home, a teenager, my mum would be like, Cassandra, clean the bathroom. And I would say <laughs> to her, Ma, when I'm older, I'm going to have a cleaner. And she would go, yeah, yeah, get in the bathroom and clean it. And then I remember when I did hire my cleaner, I was like, ha, ha, told ya. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, she really does have a cleaner now. <laughs> yeah. my, I remember my mum, she was like a, she was a Nazi with cleaning, right? yeah. as most as most European mums were, right, and probably still are. So she would wake me up on a Saturday morning. Like I couldn't sleep in on a Saturday. It was just not allowed because that was cleaning day. <laughs> and I say cleaning day because it lasted until like 2 p.m., oh. So she would wake me up. It did not matter, Cass, if I got home late on a Friday. There was oh, no, they don't care. There was no sympathy. Ruthless. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Katarina! Get up! The door would fling open and she's vacuuming in my room and I'm just like <laughs> the blinds are like full, full sunlight. And you think it's like a punishment for coming home late, late <laughs> as well? But I'm going to make as much noise as I can. <laughs> That's what it was like. And it was like, up, shower, hurry up. You've got bathrooms to clean. you got floor. I'm just like, oh, my God. But every Saturday, that was my life. And I was the same, Cass. I was like, one day, <laughs> one day, I'm going to get out of these four Another walls. show you. 
But you know what's funny? These days, since I had organised a cleaner for my house, I actually convinced mum to use a cleaner as oh, well. Oh, see, it'd be nice to convince my mum. She just, yeah, I think I've even offered to pay before. No, no, no. I can do it. You know those, the, those people that literally take on all the workload themselves yes. when they should yeah. be delegating? Yeah. My mum is absolutely one of them. Mm. And it's not if you are trying to grow a business and take care of other things, whether it's family, side hustles, blah, 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 it's not the best place to be when you take everything on yourself. Mm. You get tired more quickly. You don't have the energy to focus on something else that you want to put your attention on. You're going to burn out quicker. Definitely. So definitely if you can delegate. What if it's not in your personality to delegate? Well, then you end up like my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Just takes it all on. Does it all. Literally does it all. You know, we had lunch the other day, family over, and Ma, do you need any help? And she'll say, yeah, okay, set the table. Then my auntie comes around, Tina, do you need help with something? No, no, I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just just her way of living. It's her life Mm -hmm. style. And unfortunately, that's, yeah, Mm. That's the way it'll continue. Have you ever been like that, though, within your business? No. No, I haven't. So you've always been okay and accepting to delegating? 100%. -hmm. 100%. I knew from the get-go that I would hire people where my weak spots are, Mm. you know. So I'm not an IT person. I'm not very good with computers. So I hired, you know, one of the first roles that I hired for was someone that could do websites. Yeah. You know, in IT kind of that stuff, that back end stuff. You're like, I don't even, I know, don't the even know the words. <laughs> like, I know, I know she's doing a great job, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> Everything looks peachy. Essentially, if that's not my strong suit, I don't need to know. As long as you're getting everything done mm-hmm. to how it should look. Yeah. Right. People can buy online. The website looks beautiful. Socials are great. Mm. So the only thing I had the hardest time letting go of, I would say, but I still have control over it, was Instagram was truly my baby. Okay. Like I remember the video that first went viral on Instagram back in, what, 2015, I think it was. And, you know, and then a whole series of videos went viral and I just got thousands of followers. Mm. And so I could never quite, even with social media managers and whatnot, I still get the final tick of approval of what goes up on socials because it is still one of my most important things. It truly is my baby of the business because it represents all the work we do behind the scenes. You know, how does that ring look? How does the how is the hand? You know, because obviously there's a lot of images and videos yes. of the hand. How is the hand looking? Do all the fingers look right? Positioning. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's so the So the first time it went viral, that content was all you? Like you that created that? That content was all me. Yeah. I didn't have anyone back in 2015 doing mm-hmm. that for me. Mm-hmm. It was only really in the last few years that we got graphics and they would take control of social media, but I always got the final tick. And, you know, when I got a preview of what was going to be uploaded for the week, I would essentially assess it and decide because I had started that Instagram, so I knew what my followers want. Yes. I do. I just know what to call, what they're after, what they want to see, what Mm -hmm. they want to know. So when you have someone come in and they do a great job, but they haven't been there from the start, you know, they're specialised in this, but I'm specialised in the rings, the diamond sourcing, the clients. 
it all needs to be run really smoothly. So from doing what I do and from design to the bench to the diamonds, that it all comes across in this one image or one video at the end Mm -hmm. and it can all be translated through to the viewer. Yes, and the viewer feels connected and and all of that embodies and encompasses in one and when I'm watching those videos I get that feeling. Yes, that emotional pull. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So, yeah social media and that was my biggest that my biggest thing and when they did go viral it was it was amazing mm. you know it was amazing to me that you know my little videos and you look back now at the videos and you're like oh. <laughs> that go viral it was literally just a sparkling ring yeah. you know but that's what people wanted at that time and that was the algorithm then and yes And, yeah, times have obviously changed on social media quite a bit. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of content out there. There's a lot of people doing different things for content. Mm -hmm. And I think once again, you know, we talk about being true to you. Mm. And I think that's very, very important because you can go as crazy as you like on socials. Some people go crazy. Like I don't know if you've seen the kind of reels where there's instant like, you know, you look at a fashion blogger and there's instant outfit changes like flashing and yeah. there's so much going on. You know, if I tried to replicate something like that, oh, I'd, it, it would take me a week to create yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's more important about telling the story or the process on how a ring was designed or how it was remodeled and getting that across to the viewer mm. rather than trying to keep up with the trends, the trends or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I think when you also spoke on delegating there, a really good tip because you did say that whilst you delegate, when it comes to Instagram, it's still something that you review before it goes. And that's probably important Mm. because I guess one of the hardest parts when when you think about the concept of delegating, and this is me, right? I like to be in control of everything that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I do find it difficult to ask for assistance when it comes to my passion and Mm -hmm. the things that I'm into. However, what you said made a lot of sense because if I delegated or outsourced something to someone else, I'll always have the final say. Yeah. So I can always review it, whether that's once a week, once a month, whenever the content goes out, I can always be the one to go, yeah, I love that or no, I don't. And I guess that's something that I'd never thought of before because I just assumed, you know, if you've got someone in a role of doing your socials, they're just going to run with it Mm. and you're not going to have to worry about that anymore. But it's not like that at all. You still have your finger on the pulse, so to speak. Absolutely. But the thing is also when building a business, you have to build it to the point where you can step away. So if I got married, got pregnant, you know, want maternity leave, I have to be able to go, hey, Mm. all yours now. Mm. You know, I've been overseas for what was it, seven weeks? Yeah. But the great thing about technology and having everything at the touch of your fingertips with a phone Mm. is that it's very easy for the girls to go, hey, hey, this is what the concept we've got. And you can go, yep, great. Yes. You know, there might be times in life where I just don't want to be disturbed. Like, you know, in future, if if I do take mat leave Mm. and want that time alone, maybe I just, I know that they can still do a great job and the business is built to a point where the customer service is phenomenal, the socials are phenomenal. Mm. So I'm not really concerned and I will be able to walk away. There is still that part of me that wonders whether I I would like to check in every (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's kind of like at the end of the day, you know that 
no one, my dad has always said this, it's like no one does things as good as you do them, mm. you know, and that's, uh, the, and like I said, don't put me in IT or anything because my girls do that far better than me. But when you look at it from a whole perspective, yes, who's going to watch your business as well as you can? Mm. You know, mm. so everyone is incredible in their role, but I do love, 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 love being a part of it. And that just comes back to the passion, though. Definitely. Loving what I do. Definitely. So, can you talk to me a bit about the online side of the business? Because mm. at the moment, I mean, you started your business many years ago now. So, when mm. you started it, um, was online a big presence for you? No, 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 it wasn't. Okay. So when I started my business, it was very much as it is today by appointment. Yes. In okay. Adelaide. So word was getting out by word of mouth. Yep. And and I had my little Instagram presence and I would put up my designs on there and people found out about me and then would come to me. Yes. The online, I had a website mm-hmm. and I would put my collection pieces up there. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they had prices on them. Mm-hmm. It was purely, if you can imagine, a portfolio. It was a digital portfolio yes. of my work. Yeah. The moment we put like a shoppable presence, mm-hmm. you know, the moment we had a shoppable presence where people can see the collection and buy online was probably in... Oh, this is going to test my memory now, was probably in 2000 and I want to say 18, potentially 17, when it finally got up and running, the shoppable mm-hmm. part of it and being able to buy online. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how well it did. Mm. Then when we upgraded the website to Shopify, which is a different kind of programming platform, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was just that step further where we couldn't, I couldn't believe how well online sales were going, mm. that people were just at the click of a button, just buying their jewelry. You know, if they knew their finger size already, they were purchasing, you know, we've obviously got instructions on our website. This yeah. is how you can measure your finger, blah, blah, blah. People buying from overseas. So as soon as we updated that presence, I think it was 2020, end of 2020, it just, and we're looking at only the last three years. Yeah. When you yes. think about it. Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. No, really. no. And then if you take it a step further from previous to that, there were still things online that even though they could shop, there were still things that had POA price on application, like yes. inquire. But it just got to the point where we were getting too many inquiries on things that now across the board, everything is shoppable online. Yes. You know? Yeah. Everything has a price tag, everything. So it's very easy for someone to go on and be able to establish a price guide for my work. Mm. Oh, okay. Cass is about, you know, Cass does this and this is the rough price guide on mm. things because it's there. It's yes. visible. So they can say, oh, if I want my ring to be similar to that or they have a good idea of pricing. Mm. So of course we do lots of custom pieces as well, but a lot of collection pieces online. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I asked that question because I remember years ago, Luke and I were running an online continental business and it was like the first of its kind, (laughs) especially in Adelaide. We started that business and it was again, just word of mouth in the very beginning. 
oh, we can get these prices on fruit and veg and we can throw in some cold meats and we can do X, Y, Z and cheeses. And people were just interested, like, oh, yeah. give me give me rundowns. What's it going to cost me? So we would have like a price list that we'd send out every week and I'd just do it through text for people mm. or messenger mm. or, you know. And that got really, really difficult really quickly, as you can imagine, yeah. you know, people texting through orders and I was just sitting through all these text messages and Ooh. having to write like, Ooh. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Then we ended up organising a website. Yeah. And when we went online, it was amazing. Not only was everything categorised and I got, you know, at the end of every week I'd get a printout of you need to purchase this many lettuces and you need to, yeah. right? It was like oh, it was yeah. this perfectly working, functioning website that just made life so much easier. All invoices, orders came through there and I remember the business just booming at that yeah. point because it became user-friendly and it became easy. I'm wondering if that's something that you would recommend to new business owners, people that are just starting out. Would you recommend that online purchasing platform straight away? It's really interesting because obviously I didn't start with mine mm. straight away. So all I know is that my pieces were being well received. Yes. So much so that our inquiries, our email was flooded with inquiries. Mm. So that's how I could gauge that, yes, we need these pricing online. We need to be able to sell online mm. so that our inquiries for these pieces, yeah, you know. Similar to my scenario, like yeah, getting these orders every week. Exactly. And, yeah. So these days, Shopify and those kind of platforms, I'm pretty positive are quite easy to set up, yeah. inexpensive. So you might as well yeah. set it up from the get-go. It's get definitely go. worth it, isn't it? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. have the option, if you're going to create a website, have the option that you can easily add that plug-in for shoppable pieces later. Mm. So your website isn't a dead end where you can't buy from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you wanted idea. to start out just with images or with the product and mm. the inquiry button. But you might as well just make them shoppable. Mm. Yeah. And so why is it that you guys didn't continue with the continental thing? We didn't continue because it was something that we started off the back of having no work. So when COVID uh -huh. hit. Gotcha. It was like everything shut down, so we were bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were bored. Luke was bored. He was like, well, what am I going to do for the next however long this goes for? Yeah. So it was just a business that we literally created out of thin air with Luke's business partner at the time. So they were in construction, completely different industry, and we just thought, you know what, let's go back to food. Like I had dabbled a bit in food before and it was like, eh, let's just do this and pass the time. And then it, it got to a point where it was like really doing quite well. Mm. But then, Cass, you know what happened? Life returned to what was yeah. semi-normal. Things yeah. started opening up again where construction world was, you know, back to, okay, let's go to work and make things happen again. The mm -hmm. borders have opened up internationally. They could go to their continental store around <laughs> <Yeah>. the corner. <laughs> yeah. But it was more so like, you know, when you talk about passion, mm, okay. it wasn't a passion. Gotcha. It was good fun. See what I mean? Yes. See what I mean? When we start things out, and that would have been great for you guys. It was low of like, income. It was fun. Yeah. It was all of that. But if you're not passionate about it, it's always going to die in the butt. You know? And mm. it, it was almost like, well, what an experience that was. Because, again, what was interesting about that was that experience meeting people in the food industry in Adelaide then led to 
the job that Luke's in now mm. because of contacts that he made through that right. that he otherwise would never have known. Networked. Right? Yep. Networking. Mm. That is a big one. It's massive. So speak yeah. to me. Speak to me about networking. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I feel like you should take this one yeah. away, seeing as you just started <laughs> yeah. that. No, no, because I'm curious to know, like, your business still going mm. successful as ever. Do you still network? Yes, I think because you can say network under a multitude of umbrellas, mm-hmm. I think. So when I first started, I it was definitely word of mouth mm-hmm. and then I tried to do my own marketing, which I was fairly successful at. This is obviously a little bit different to networking. I mm-hmm. was, you know, contacting people, blah, 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 blogs in Brazil and things like that and they yes. were putting me on their website, these bridal pages, and then I was gaining followers from South America. And so those kind of things were happening, getting into bridal magazines. Mm -hmm. But then there reached a point where I made the decision to hire PR. Okay. So public relations. Mm -hmm. I was like, there's only so much I can do from this standpoint. As soon as I got PR because my PR was my friend, Luch. Well, actually, we became friends from that. So we're still friends today. And she did my PR when my business was in infant stages. Mm -hmm. And she was phenomenal because as talkative as I am, Mm -hmm. I do reach points. So when Luciana said to me, we've got to go to Sydney, we've got to take your jewellery to Sydney, and we've got to network with the stylists, and the people on Channel 9 News, Mm -hmm. the journalists, and we've got to chat to them and we've got to get your jewellery on them. Cool, cool, cool. We go to Sydney. I reached points in conversation where I didn't want to talk anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to smile anymore. Mm -hmm. My day was over to me. I was tired. Yeah. I was exhausted. That was it. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one situation where we was ha- we were having lunch with a stylist and she was lovely mm. and she stepped away to go to the bathroom and Luciana turns to me because we mm. were alone at that point and she says, honey, you okay? And I was like, I'm so tired. And she goes, that's all right, that's all right. And she had this amazing ability that no matter how tired she is, Mm. she can just keep talking and smiling and being her wonderful self Mm. and people engage with her because she's so lovely. And she was really able to take the reins on that because she could see I was just done. I was over. (laughs) She carried you. She really did. (laughs) I I have to really give it to her that she really carried that. And to me that was definitely a form of, it's obviously a form of networking. Mm. That's PR in itself. And then you take it that step further to having events and being able to network with the people you invite to your events. Mm. But then networking in other ways is obviously being able to leverage people that might not be, that aren't in your industry, people that know certain people that can utilize your jewelry. Yes. So, Definitely, I, I would say to an extent, I still network. We, I've got obviously got marketing girls. Yes. Yep. So to me, I just don't proactively see anything as networking, if that makes sense. Yes. You don't go out of your way to network. No. It's embodied in the business structure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. 
So that, you know, even when I talk to people, it's so funny. Having Charlie now, he's like, I tell everyone about your jewellery. And he's like, and they already know about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so so it's really, really sweet because he's obviously coming into it with fresh eyes and he's like, my girlfriend does jewellery and people are like, yeah, I follow her, yeah. you know. <laughs> and he's like, okay, wow. <laughs> so so it's really, yeah, it's really, it's really sweet when you see people with fresh eyes kind of take a look at the business and go, oh, what can I do to help? Because people always come in with their own kind of little ideas and, oh, do you know this person and do you know that? Yes. So, you know, we're looking at a 13-year-old business now that, yeah, definitely has done its fair share of mm. that, yeah. marketing, PR, that kind of thing. I, the one thing I love about networking is you know me, I'm social butterfly. Right? Mm. So I love to have a chat. But I just love to see how people are doing things, what they're doing, how they're doing it. How can I be of assistance? How can you be of assistance to me? Mm-hmm. I found that the best networking happens when you least expect it. Mm. When it's from, you know, another business that you may never have thought you'd even look twice at. And then you realize like, wow, they share the same like passion as me. They they share the same love for what they do. And I think that connects people. Mm. And I think when it comes to networking, if you can find a connection with someone and they could be in the same industry or a completely different industry, I think it's important to like nurture that and hold on to that because you can be beneficial mm. beneficial to each other. Yeah. You know? It's I look true. at even with Seduce and our giveaways and things like that. That's just yeah. networking. Yeah. You know, that's networking and meet, meeting like- people that are aligned with with what we do and the things that we love. Mm. I feel like we do we are definitely big on our networking mm. and, you know, I would consider us still, are we still in our infant stage? I would assume so. Yeah. yeah. So Not quite a year. Yeah. Mm. So it definitely, it absolutely works, truly. Yeah. From my mindset in the business, my networking was co- definitely considered marketing and PR. Mm. And they network for yeah. me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I'm not a salesperson in, you know, I'll have a conversation with someone and then try to sell my business to them. Mm. I'm a creative, you know? Yeah. But my men- mentality on it is I just look at it that that bit differently. I'm not that type of personality that's like, oh, you have to come get your engagement ring through me. Mm. Oh, let your friend know that I do rings. That's not me at all. No. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. I build beautiful collections and they come. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my outlook a little Mm. bit on it. But I think every, like us with Seduce, networking plays a big role. And Mm. I think in certain type of businesses, it definitely, it's huge. And I've been to those, what are they called, BMI events business management and eh, I don't know what it is at all <laughs> but I've been I've been invited to those events before and it's not very me as much as I love meeting people mm. and they're great it's normally a one-off thing for me I'm yes. not I'm not definitely not a return return person to those kind of networking mm. meetings just because you know those meetings are like at 7 a.m and I'm still sleeping <laughs> so I, <laughs> Give me a break. (laughs) So, (laughs) 
But oh you've got gosh. to choose your you've got to choose your battles, and where your business is at will be dependent on the level of networking and motivation. You can you afford public? You know, can you afford PR? Mm. Can you afford a marketing manager? Mm-hmm. Well, you, if you're not, you might have to join a group where you yes. can network if you're yes. trying to grow your business. Mm. So there's always a way. Yeah, there's always a way. Mm. Mm. Choose your battle. Yes, yeah. and, and choose where your energy goes. Yeah. Choose what you're putting your time into. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Love this chat. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Kat. for your insight on business. <laughs> love it. I always love chatting business. It's very fun. Yes. Take me back to my roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.